Welcome to the Enlightened Practice Podcast, brought to you by the Luminello Electronic Medical Record folks. Here are your hosts, Dr. Ken Braslow and Dr. Carrie Kagan. Hi, Carrie. Welcome back. Hi, Ken. Thanks, you too. So today we're going to be talking about scheduling and the joys of putting together a jigsaw puzzle. It feels like at times there's... um, about a million different ways that people approach scheduling. And uh, so I'm curious about how you do it. Um, we could uh, cover the whole gamut from how you start your day to end, how you end your day. We could talk mm-hmm. about uh, the weekends. We could talk about, do you are you a lumper or a splitter? Uh, meaning, do you like to have all your clients uh, bundled together? Or do you like to have them uh, spaced out during the day? Um, so, uh, those would be useful things for us to discuss. One of the things that I would like to uh, know from, from you to start out with is um, how you handle cancellations. This is um, always challenging in my practice. Yeah. Um, so what your thought process is, what your cancellation policy is, and then we can talk about the, the, yeah. the nuts and bolts of daily scheduling. Yeah, cancellations are... are it's important to think through what your cancellation policy is because it's inevitable that it will happen many times in a week, probably. Um, and mine has changed over time. Right now, my cancellation policy is 48 hours notice uh, because it used to be 24 and I changed it to 48 because realistically, actually, if I was going to try to be able to fill um, a slot from a, a cancellation, I would actually need more time than 24 hours. And my general policy is I do charge my full fee for cancellations um, that are not made before the 48 hour window before the appointment. And uh, there are exceptions in the case of sickness uh, now more than ever. um, And of course, emergencies. Uh, And I do give people one free pass. That's my general policy and how I handle it. It, I will say in the time of coronavirus, it's become more flexible just knowing that everyone's schedules are so chaotic. But mostly if people are showing patterns of a lot of last minute cancellations, that's when I am pretty strict with it and I become less flexible. But I, these days I'm trying to actually be a little bit more flexible because I think the times call for it. Um, so my general thought on my cancellation policy is it's constantly changing depending on what's going on and mm-hmm. like where I'm at in my own life and what's going on in the world, but it's 48 hours. Mm-hmm. What about you? So mine is similar, but with a twist, it's two business days. Um, yeah. It's If you have a, a Monday appointment with me and you cancel on Saturday, that's not helpful. Uh, so I put in the yeah. two business days. So that way uh, I could have at least to um, from Thursday. And I really do try and um, f- fill that slot. Even if somebody doesn't give full notice, I try and fill it. Um, but it's just logistically really challenging when we're running a practice to and seeing patients and clients in real time to then also be scheduling. I feel like most of my patients are um, they get that. Um, but I am especially mindful of how the psychology of uh, 
and the people's executive functioning, which they're coming to see me for often, affects our own scheduling. And so I use the cancellation policy uh, while, when we're talking about project management and psychology underneath it to talk about uh, one, to make it real for them so they can internalize, you know, you really do need to follow my cancellation policy. But also we use that as a, as a vehicle to launch into uh, them showing up late for other things. And for, uh, so no better way to, um, I feel to do um, therapy around those kinds of issues than to talk about how it affects our therapy itself in real time. Yeah. So I think cancellation policy is a nice way to uh, bring the outside world into uh, therapy. That said, um, I've got to run a practice. And while I do... I do typically give people a one-time pass. Um, now with video, I actually, so you're more flexible, which is nice. I'm a little less flexible because now if the train isn't running or uh, there's other logistical issues, we're meeting by video anyway. And so mm-hmm. your, the excuse pool, I feel like has diminished. Um, and if, mm-hmm. the vi- if your Wi-Fi is not working, or your video is not working, you can always pick up the phone and call me. And so I, uh, whereas in the past, if I was just sitting in my office, I felt like, well, you know, things happen in the world and I wanted to be um, mindful of that and be generous while also balancing that with running a practice. But I feel like now that everything is remote, there's a little less need for some of that. Um, for example, when I'm working with kids, um, sometimes parents will say, uh, well, my kid's sick today. And I'll say, okay, then we'll meet. Like I, there, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's very challenging yeah. in the winter working with kids to, uh, if, if every time a kid got a cold, uh, they needed to cancel, um, we wouldn't get very far. So right. I try to think really, um, yeah kind of a scrappy kind of way about how we can make this appointment happen as scheduled. And then we can use that to broaden the discussion in general. Right. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And it's interesting to hear different perspectives on flexibility. And I imagine, you know, that's, that's going to be an important thing for, for, it's very personal, I think, too. Um, um, and it's an important thing to think through in advance for anyone who's trying to start a private practice because it will definitely happen. And I do think it's important to set a tone early on. Otherwise, it's confusing for the therapist. It can be confusing for the client. Um, so it's definitely a really, really important issue, I think, to think through um, and to be really transparent about with with your clients in the beginning. Hmm. Um, Have you had anyone no show for the initial intake or cancel at the last minute? Yeah, I think I have. And I consider those moments to be um, just one of the like, cut you have to cut your losses kind of thing in private practice because 
Um, while oftentimes I actually do collect credit card information before we ever would meet for the first time. I don't know why this is, but for me personally, it feels like before I even have a relationship with someone, um, it feels, I I guess for me personally, it feels a little off-putting or something like that. Can't quite think of the word um, to charge someone before I've ever even met them. I kind of just consider it a part, like one potential thing that could happen in private practice is you might get a no-show before you ever even meet the person. And for me, that's just like, okay, that's a place that I'm just going to have to cut my losses because it doesn't happen that often. Like maybe it's happened two times due Mm. to, yeah, two times over the course of six years or so. So, Mm. and if they wanted to, I was just gonna say, if they wanted to rebook, would you rebook them? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I would, you know, with maybe we would have a conversation, whether over the phone or email, just about the, you know, importance of, um, keeping appointments or giving notice. Um, and maybe at that point, if we were, if we were, um, having a conversation, I might at that point remind them of, or inform them of my cancellation policy. Cause at that point, before even meeting, we might, they might've, they may or may not have read through the informed consent. So they might not even be aware of the cancellation policy yet. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Has that happened to you? So yeah, when I first started out, uh, and maybe because I have a blend of meds patients and therapy patients. So I just, I take in a lot of new patients in the year. So I feel like it it comes up a little bit more um, with the meds component. So I was very eager to fill my practice and I actually had one um, prospective patient no show three times for an intake mm-hmm. and my colleagues were like let it go <laughs> just cut your losses <laughs> uh, and I was like but they keep having good you know sounds really reasonable and you know I wanted to give them the benefit of the doubt and then I, I slowly realized uh, yeah you really can't recoup your losses you just have to kind of eat it and move on and uh, better to move on. So one of the things I do when I'm uh, in my, in the intake process, I don't let anyone schedule until they've signed off on my policies. And that way there's no confusion about um, what the cancellation policy is. So, um, yeah, I don't feel like it comes up that often these days, but maybe that's because I'm pretty clear about what the policies are. And I also do require credit card info to be entered. And since that's been done, and I don't know if this is a coincidence or not, but uh, cancellations for no-shows have almost stopped. So, yeah. And one last thing I'll say that I uh, was just thinking about is one thing I do offer people is if we can reschedule later in that week, then I don't um, charge. And that's just, of course, dependent on my schedule. But I think that's part of my 
like desire to be accommodating and flexible, but I will say that it's more work on my end to try to figure that out. Um, and, but if it's, again, it, it does depend on the context, but there are times that I, you know, I do think this is more, again, more work for me, but there are times that the reason for the cancellation is something that's outside of the, my client's control, but not necessarily a, um, one of the reasons that I would not charge my cancellation fee. For example, a boss emailed and said, we need to pull you into a meeting last minute, which actually happens more now than it used to because of the video. Right. And so it's, it's not an emergency, but it's something that's outside of their control. And in those situations, I do want to try to be accommodating because I know that like the client kind of feels stuck between a rock and a hard place. Um, but there, I know a lot of therapists who it's, it's more just, it's more strict. Like it, if it's, if you're canceling for whatever reason, because you can just always make so many exceptions. Um, and that's something that I've played around with in my own mind. Like, am I too flexible or accommodating? Cause it does end up being work on my end, but I think that's also part of being like a growing um, therapist. I think it's something that you get more comfortable with over time and you figure out for yourself, what, you know, what am I willing to do and what am I not willing to do? Those are kind of the things I think through um, for now, because it doesn't happen that often. I feel willing to be more flexible, but I can see a day that that might change too. Yeah, I think that's really nice. And sometimes we'll talk in session about um, the challenges that scheduling presents in, in people's own lives in terms of having to set boundaries. And if you were meeting with me, that means you're not doing something else and being able to declare to others the value yeah. of this time and the conflict yeah. that that might create and how to work through that conflict. So uh, it's always good grist for the mill. Uh, yes. And I, I like your philosophy. I think it's it's um, very reasonable. I It's hard for me to pull that off because my schedule is typically at 100% capacity. And so it's... Right if there, there's just not another slot to, to open up. So, yeah. but it is, it is nice, especially with clients or patients you've been working with a long time who, you know, they've, you, you and they know that it's a one-off. Um, if, if it's more than once, then I'll typically make that a high priority for us to discuss, do we need to find a new time slot? Uh, is this working? Because I don't want them to be in that position. I want them to resent therapy uh and exactly. you know feel frustrated um with it to the point that they're not able to to let their guard down and get the most out of it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay all right okay so i got uh, one more question and i think we're gonna uh call it a day just because we had so much fun talking about cancellation policies <laughs> and we'll get to the other uh, questions about uh, scheduling uh, next time. Uh, curious how you approach uh, yearly number of cancellations or lifetime number of cancellations. So for example, there's um, some therapists who uh, they, they don't have that big of a practice and, or they, 
their style is to work uh, really closely with clients and patients and they, they need for that momentum to continue. And so they limit the number of cancellations patients or clients can have um, in general. So that way they can do the kind of work they think um, works best for, for what they're offering. What's your take on that? Yeah, I had never thought of that until I think maybe I was having a conversation with one of my colleagues who was making the transition to only allowing a certain number of cancellations per year. And um, I, after that conversation, I actually did add that into my policy uh, because I think it makes sense that there is for the kind of work that I do with people, which usually is weekly to bi-weekly, um, it is important to have consistency. Um, and because there are, uh, I only work, you know, limited days, limited hours. I want people on my, in my practice who are, well, who are going to show up, who, um, who want to do the work. And so, uh, I added in, I think, off the top of my head, because I actually have not read my cancellation policy in a, in a long time. I think it's six a year that I allow up to six a year, um, you know, can, can, six cancellations a year. And if we're getting close to that, then that's a conversation I would bring up, of course, in advance to let a client know that's where we're headed. And I do, I would try to work it out before we got to six to understand what's going on. Are there unique circumstances? There could always be some exceptions, but I do think that it also sets the, the tone again, early on with a client that this is the work that we're doing is important and um, consistency is important to getting the benefits of therapy and also letting them know a little bit about the business side of it too, that like there are limited slots and I want to be, you know, seeing people at the time that I'm scheduling them. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, that's my take on it. Do you have that in your policy? I don't, although maybe I should, now that I hear you talk about it, I, (laughs) I liked it as a benchmark. Uh, I've never really kept track of, uh, how many cancellations. And I think I have, the luxury of doing that because I see both uh, meds patients and therapy patients. And if a therapy patient cancels, um, typically the slot gets filled um, with a med check. And so I haven't needed to implement that, but there are some therapy patients who are frequent cancelers and it's uh, very meaningful to talk about if that's a reflection of their resistance uh, to the work itself, uh, or if their lives are just super uh, challenging, and is therapy a good fit for them at this time? Uh, maybe it's a timing issue, or uh, maybe it's a reflection of uh, both, and uh, what what would be reasonable going forward? How do we make it work? They might be really committed, but might have really demanding jobs. And so maybe you shift things to every other week. Uh, although then what happens right. if they cancel every other week and then now it's once a month. So, so 
but uh, in general, I think those are those are really good things to be thinking about. And I think the take home here is even though um, cancellation policy could be not the world's most exciting topic, there's a lot of clinical implications for it, uh, as well as uh, um, business implications. And so those are always nice when uh, you can f- feed that into the work itself and uh, use that to grow your practice also. All right, Carrie, well, it was nice chatting. And I'm sorry, we didn't get to all the nuts and bolts of, uh, of building one schedule, but we'll do that next time. So thank you um, yeah. for your thoughts. I learned yeah. a lot today and um, we'll see you next time. Same. It was nice talking about it. See you next time. Bye. If you like today's podcast and want to hear more, don't forget to click the subscribe button. And to learn more about starting and growing your own private practice, go to luminella.com and look for the Private Practice Hub.